The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023 payoff pitch is presented by BetMGM. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. During the baseball season, please rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Brendan Glasheen today joined by Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo for this uh, particular episode. We have 17 games to get to, gents. Two doubleheaders, our first taste of doubleheaders on payoff pitch. Uh, we've got Guardians-Tigers. First game starts at... Uh, 110 Eastern, and then the Philadelphia Phillies and Chicago White Sox. They battle uh, at 4 o'clock in the 4 o'clock hour and then the 7 o'clock hour. So we have a 1 in the 4 and a 4 in a 7. So we'll discuss. Uh, we've got some angles, and I think it's uh, some good analysis that Zarello and DeBundo can offer when it comes to how to handicap doubleheaders in terms of monitoring lineups and what just some factors to consider when – it's a long day for the guys on the diamond. We, as we begin, we always get to best bets first. Zarillo, why don't you start us off? Best bet for this gigantic Tuesday slate. Yeah, I'm going with the total. Usually I go with money lines for best bets. I'm going with the over between the Rockies and the Pirates at Coors Field in Colorado. We've got some great hitters weather today at Coors Field. Temperatures in the 70s and wind blowing out to right field at about 17 miles an hour at first pitch. That's pretty dramatic for Coors Field. Now, I think people tend to think of Coors Field as this home run driven park. It's actually the gigantic outfield and all the singles that batters can rack up because outfielders aren't able to get to the balls as easily. So more base hits in Coors Field, even more this year without the defensive shift. And yes, with the wind blowing out, hopefully we just have more runners on base when the time those home runs or extra base hits into the gap and off that tall right field wall comes. So the over 13 between the Rockies and the Pirates, I also like the first five over seven to minus 120 as well. That number is still out there, but over 13 to minus 110 would be my best bet. Roughly where I would play too. We bet some over 12 and a half and over six and a half last night. As I said, the line has been moving up this morning, but 
still just at the end of my price targets. Anything in particular on the pitching matchup as to why an over is uh, on your side too? Yeah, Jose Urena, Vince Velasquez, both project back-end starters. Expected ERAs around 4.8 last season. ERA projections in my model around five for both guys. So replacement level starting pitchers with absolutely horrendous weather for them to pitch in a Coors Field. So definitely like the runs here on a normal day at Coors Field would probably project this closer to 12 and a half. But I think today with the wind and the weather would have it closer to 13, 13 and a quarter. All right, very good. And the Pirates, they've been one of the better stories here early in the season. 14 runs in the game last night with their victory over Colorado. 8.40 Eastern start. DeBundo, best bet for you today. Yeah, I gave out the under in the San Diego Atlanta game last night. We got there very easily. I like the under again tonight, seven and a half this time. Spencer Strider going for the Braves. His stuff has looked as good as ever. He gave up a couple runs to the Reds in his last outing, but the stuff is still excellent. Uh, and he's even got a little third pitch. He's been working on a changeup to kind of try to develop his arsenal a little bit beyond just the fastball and the slider, which are both elite. He got a ton of whiffs, a tons of swings and misses against the Reds. Uh, and he's countered by Blake Snell. Now Snell's been pretty bad uh, and he's walked more batters. His his zone rate is uh, down by about 5%. So he's only been in the zone about 32% of his pitches. He's getting way fewer swings. But the difference now is he gets a very aggressive lineup in Atlanta, a team that's not afraid to chase, a team that will swing and miss. I just think that's a better stylistic matchup for him. It's also an Atlanta offense that's better generally against righties. I said this yesterday, that they were the number one or number two offense against left-handed pitching in the first two weeks of the season, but it was driven by a 425 BABIP, not really buying that. Snell's been terrible. Every metric will tell you that. I think you're getting a discount and an inflated total because of that. Whereas uh, you'd normally see this around seven with Snell. So I like the under seven and a half betting on Blake to have a bounce back. I know the pitch clock has bothered him a little bit too, but uh, he is adept at getting out of those, those uh, bases loaded jams with his stuff and kind of pitching around trouble. So I think he can manage that here with a free swinging Atlanta lineup. Do you have any concerns about this? Tabundo, I asked you this yesterday. We were talking some futures. Zarillo, any concern right now with the Padres? I know you've had a lot of backing of this team and concerns strong. I realize that we're 18 days into the first month of the year, basically. But offensively, they haven't been very productive lately. Yeah, so, you know, I'm starting to come around a bit more to with the way the Padres season has started, potentially taking a look at Fernando Tatis Jr. MVP odds for the moment he comes back. Because if he ultimately is the spark that lights their season on fire. I think he's just going to get a lot of MVP consideration because of that. We see Acuna Jr. getting off to a great start, kind of pulling away in the race. But I think the storyline is setting up for Tatis to potentially come back and be the game-changing piece for the Padres. So just look at the narrative of that angle with Tatis coming back to potentially take over. I just don't know how much the steroid stuff is ultimately going to hurt him in the minds of voters. Uh, You know, if it's close, like I don't think he's going to get the nod. So interested but there are accentuating circumstances why i would be uh you know skeptical of betting on tatis to win anything that people have to vote on but in terms of overall padres futures they're starting pitching's a little bit sketchy joe musgrove not fully back in the mix yet he's going to provide a boost to the team so i am higher on the diamondbacks than i was coming to the year maybe a little bit lower on the padres i bet the diamondbacks to make the playoffs last week at plus 425 and i continue to think that the new rule set helps them as much as any team so 
with myself being down on the Dodgers and the Padres relative to where I was coming into the year. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks to make the playoffs around wherever it is is con- going to continue to be a valuable price. Yeah, very good. And that's right. I mean, DeBundo, we, and we talked about that yesterday, Anthony. Anthony was on the team total uh, wins over the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they've uh, we've talked about that a lot in the payoff pitch preseason episodes of stealing bases, speed. And, and their pitching injuries, you know, my biggest concern with betting their over was that I thought they were going to have to give Madison Bumgarner and Zach Davies the ball a lot. We will talk about Dre Jamison in a second. But he's replacing Zach Davies. And now Madison Bumgarner is hurt. And they're thinking about calling up a top 25 prospect at Brandon Fott before his next start. So the Diamondbacks are forced to be the best version of the team that they could put on the field. They weren't intending to do it, but they are being forced to do it. So I, I think that just lends itself more, you know, to them having a good season. Just it's an ownership group that is probably not willing to spend to add to the team. So even if they're in the wild card hunt, Come July, I'm not really sure what they're willing to put, you know, into the trade pool to add to this roster. But the roster they have currently is not only extremely fun, but also very talented. Two public sides today on this big slate. We've got the Rays and Reds. The people like the Rays. Money coming in at 98% of the dollars, 81% of the bets for the Rays to beat the Reds today. But the other side we want to talk about the other public side, the Yankees taking on the Angels. 86% of the bets, 93% of the dollars coming in on New York against L.A. Angels just got out of Boston. Now they play the Yankees. Zerillo, any uh, interest in fading the public and taking L.A.? The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? No, I think I'm going to be on the public or with the public in both sides uh, on these matchups. The Rays first five, I made minus 115. It's currently sitting minus 110. If that dropped to minus 105, I would bet Taj Bradley. Very high on Taj Bradley. Tons of arm talent. The Rays are just absolutely loaded with prospects, with pitching. Uh, It's part of the reason why I think the Rays are very dangerous come playoff time, especially once they have Springs back for the end of the year, Glasnow back for the end of the year. The Rays are incredibly loaded, and that pitching is going to be a chore to get past in the American league. So as the Rays start to dip, lost to the Reds yesterday, Springs getting hurt. You give it another month here. Maybe the rest of the AL East catches up to them. Maybe we have some room to bet more Rays futures. Uh, in terms of the Yankees matchup, though, the line did move out of my price range. I liked the Yankees up to minus 134. We bet on, or I bet on Hayden Wazinski yesterday. I thought we were getting a discount on his first five line. And I kind of feel the same way about Clark Schmidt today, or at least I did where the prices opened after a rough tar- start to the season for a guy who I was high on, a guy who projection models are high on, view him, view both Hayden and Clark Schmidt as around 3.5, 3.75 ERA type guys. Both struggled to start the year. And I think we got discounts on them in their third or fourth start. So I like Clark Schmidt in this matchup, but I also like the fact that the Yankees had an off day. The Angels are coming off not only the long series in Boston, but also a long rain delay yesterday where they sat around, didn't get into New York probably as early as they were expecting to. So not a long trip going from Boston to New York, but they also didn't get probably to dinner at the time they expected or, you know, to bed at the time they expected. Like it's these little 1% factors that add up that I can't necessarily quantify, but I already show a projection edge on the Yankees. And I know the Yankees have also been sitting at home, resting for a day, got a normal night of sleep, all of the things that you would want. So Yankees clear value side where it was 
Don't really like it past minus 134, though. Debundo, either of those games, Rays, Reds, Yankees, Angels, a thought on taking the AL East public sides? Yeah, I mean, if you like good young pitchers, uh, tune in to Rays, Reds tonight. I certainly will have uh, that game on a screen. Taj Bradley registered third best uh, stuff plus in AAA, his first start behind Simeon Wood Richardson and Kyle Harrison, and then came to and made his MLB debut, gave up a couple runs, but the strikeouts were impressive. The fastball looks really good on Bradley. And then, of course, everybody knows Nick Lodolo at this point, striking out an absurd number of batters. Rays can platoon him pretty heavily, though, and I think that's the biggest thing here. They can load up with righties. Uh, that's pretty significant uh, given Lodolo's splits. Uh, no play for me in that game would lean toward the under, generally, just based on the quality of the pitchers, especially in the first five. Uh, with that being said, the next game, I still like the Yankees up to minus 150. I'm okay with it. The reason is the split advantage. And I said this on last week's show when we talked about Tanner Houck. I think it was Friday. And we were discussing who is the you know the most split-dependent starting pitcher in baseball. And I said Houck was arguably that. And that he had a pretty favorable matchup with Boston because or with the Angels because of it. Uh, because they don't really have many lefties in their lineup outside of Otani. It's really just Otani, Jake Lamb, and Luis Renjifo. Well, Clark Schmidt is up there with the same problem against lefties. You know, he struggled against Baltimore's lefties in his last outing. His career OPS allowed against lefties is 954. His career OPS allowed against righties is 575. So if you're considering, you know, whether it's Dinger Tuesday or or um, making maybe looking into some props as well, uh, could target some Angels lefties. But I do think the Yankees match up well here, especially with the bullpen rest advantage. The Yankees bullpen not only didn't pitch yesterday, but had Sunday off too because Cole threw a complete game shutout. So it's two days of no uh, pitching for their bullpen. They're going to be ready to go. Schmidt hasn't gone very deep in games, so they will have their A bullpen behind him. Uh, So I like the Yankees. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Okay, moving on to our favorite underdogs of the day. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? Arizona Diamondbacks were a team we just discussed in the uh, best bet segment when DeBundo uh, took Braves Padres under Arizona, a dog again at St. Louis. Zarello, you're you're on the snakes. Yeah. Happy Dre Jameson Day to everybody. If you celebrate, um, we don't talk about athleticism a lot for pitchers. It's not something that is as apparent, but when you were six feet tall and can throw a fastball 99 miles an hour, you were clearly a good athlete because all of that power is generated from your lower half. I've talked about the fact that Dre Jamison on a team with the fastest guys in baseball could beat many of them in a sprint. He had 80 grade sprint speed in college. So again, that explosiveness, that power is coming from his lower half. He has a dominant fastball slider combination, both are elite offerings. He needs to figure out a third pitch, either his curveball or his changeup needs to bring one of those up a level if he wants to be a full-time starter. But in terms of getting through a lineup once, throwing three or four dominant innings, he can be extremely effective. And the Diamondbacks had intended to use him in that type of fireman role this year where Zach Davies or Madison Bumgarner gets in trouble early in one of their starts. They bring him in as the piggyback to basically shut it down and keep the game close for three or four innings. So injuries force their hands, force them to put Jamison in the rotation. I'm curious to see how he continues to develop and whether he figures out a third pitch, but he already projects as a very effective pitcher for me on a per inning basis. And in this matchup with Jordan Montgomery, even though I give the Cardinals a slight pitching advantage, both for the first five innings in the full game behind Montgomery in their bullpen, I still like the Diamondbacks here in this matchup because of their speed and defense. They actually project better in terms of speed and defense 
than the Cardinals do. The Cardinals surprisingly have fallen off a bit defensively in my models, defensively in terms of how they're racking up defensive runs saved. We'll see if that flips before the end of the year because they do seem like they should be one of the best defensive teams. But the Diamondbacks have overtaken them in those areas, in my opinion. So the Diamondbacks down to about plus 140 is my favorite underdog bet for today. And as I mentioned, I still think they're a solid bet to make the playoffs, particularly with the NL Central struggling. The Central might only get one team out of it. So I would expect two teams from the West, two teams from the East, and probably one team from the Central. First five line for that game today, Cardinals are minus 165. Diamondbacks come in at plus 135, but you're just betting the full game. Yeah, just the full game here. The first five line uh, aligned with my expectations. I think it is a difference probably in how I evaluate the Diamondbacks bullpen, the improvements that I see there relative to last season, and then also just over the full game, the speed and difference differential. But the yeah, the, the first five line, uh, I projected at plus 135, and it's sitting at plus 140. So I'd need probably plus 145, closer to plus 150 to play Arizona there. So off of Zarello's point about the NL Central having a, a rough middle, you know, middling start for most of those. I mean, the Pirates are having a great start to the year, yeah. right? For their standpoint. Wish O'Neill was there. They'd be really exciting. Yeah. And of course, the Brewers have slightly overachieved based on where they were projected preseason. But Debundo, I want to work your thoughts in here on the Cardinals who are facing the Diamondbacks. You picked you, you were on the D-backs yesterday, correct? Yep. But you and the then you, we got the over in late somehow. That was a miracle. And then last night in the action app, you logged that you are you are on the Cardinals to win the Central at seven and ten, five games out. Explain yourself. Yeah, I read a really concerning article uh, that really swayed my opinion on Brandon Woodruff's injury, and I think the Brewers pitching is going to have major problems holding up over the over the course of one sixty two now. Uh, originally Woodruff was just shoulder, shoulder inflammation, no problem. Going to miss a start. Just needs more time to recover. Now it's Woodruff saying that if this injury had happened in June or July, he probably would shut it down for the season, which is incredibly alarming for him to say he's had injury, some minor injury problems. Uh, he had Reynolds last year. Like it's been a weird couple of years for Brandon Woodruff when he's on the mound, he's a top 15 pitcher for my money, but he isn't going to be on the mound for the next couple months. Uh, and now Corbin Burns, the injury appears minor, but he did have a pectoral strain, left his start early last night. He's also uh, in, a, in a situation where he could walk this year. So if the Brewers do start to slide, uh, they're going to have to really evaluate their long-term prospects with how much I think starting pitching is going to be valued at the deadline. I think more than ever, given all the injuries we've seen early in the season and given how the pitch clock could grind down these pitchers more. Uh, so I think Burns might be the most coveted guy at the deadline, not named Otani if Otani is not moving or if Otani is moving. Uh, so I think, you know, there's a chance for the Brewers if they start to slide, they get the young guys moving in that uh, the, the division's wide open. And, and Sean mentioned the Cubs off air and, and I see the case for them, but I'm going to trust the Cardinals uh, and and the, the offense that I still believe in. Newt Bars had a slow start because he got hurt, but Donovan's taking a step forward. Burleson looks like he's taking a step forward. They're not quite getting... Uh, the same production from their pitching staff. Uh, and that's certainly a concern without a doubt, but Libra Torres sitting there. And I think he's really got his velo up in the minors. Flaherty is starting to turn it around. I think to being a mid-level starter. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery was pretty consistently like a three, five, three, seven ERA guy in Yankee stadium. Well, he's been throwing a sinker now since coming to St. Louis and he had a three, one ERA second half of last year. Uh, which was backed with a 3.08 XERA. And now this year, 2.29 uh, FIP, 3.12 XERA, and 2.45 ERA the first couple starts. 
playing with that defense in a better park uh, has really elevated Jordan Montgomery. And I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a good enough rotation with their offense to get by. They just need to survive this early stretch when everybody's falling apart off uh, on the mound. And you mentioned those encouraging signs for Montgomery. We both like Dre Jamison, and we're both on the under in that game as well. I'm on the Diamondbacks money line, but we both like the under eight and a half there too, right, right, Anthony? Yeah, it's down to eight now. I still like it. So again, we wanted to dive into uh, some future angles there. DeBundo's got uh, an underdog play. And by the way, our underdogs hit, both hit yesterday. You and uh, BJ, you were on the Mets last night, and that was a, kind of a roller coaster midway through. But oh, for sure. The Mets got there. <laughs> Pittsburgh was not a roller coaster, so good call from BJ. That was about the easiest win you'll get all year. My underdog is the Kansas City Royals. I don't love a ton of the underdogs on the board, so it's a pretty short plus 106 underdog. It barely even fits the uh, the criteria that we use, you know, the plus money underdogs. But uh, Brad Keller has really figured some things out. And it's funny, I joked off show, he's back. And then I realized, well, he was never actually good until now. So I guess this is really his breakout party. But it's all backed up by the data. I mean, it's it's a rise in stuff plus for him, it's uh, a new sweeper that he's been throwing that's getting a ton of uh, break and getting a ton of whiffs. His curveballs look really good. Uh, the fastball velocity is up. Everything about Brad Keller, I picked him up in a fantasy league yesterday. Like, I'm riding this train here. And what we know about Nate Uvalde, I generally like him more too. He's always had a home run problem. The wind is out to right today. So that is a little concerning because I also bet the under last night at nine. Uh, but I like. Uh, the improvements that Keller's made. And I think the market's just slow to pick up on them. So I'm going to take the Royals at home. They've lost four in a row. I was joking earlier. I have won one bet of like six on the Royals this year, but uh, I don't think they should be an underdog at home given Keller's improvements. And I think they're very sticky. I just want to echo Anthony's thoughts because I like the Royals here too. Uh, Keller went to driveline this off season, changed his slider to a sweeper, added a curveball, throwing the curveball a ton, and he's having a lot of success with it. Pitch models like both pitches as well, view them as above average pitches. He's also 27 years old, and he's been in the big leagues for six seasons. This guy came up at 22. That's a lot of experience. Uh, so to finally see him break out, make these improvements is pretty cool because he's in the prime of his career right now. So, yeah, I'm buying on Brad Keller both halves. I also like Nathan Ivaldi though, and I really wanted to bet an under here. The wind is blowing out of Kaufman today, so I am a lineman in alignment with the total at nine. Uh, I, re- I really, really, really wanted about the under here. I just can't. But yeah, I Kansas do. City in both halves down to plus 105, I think is fine. I just, I like Nathan Evaldi too. Otherwise I'd be heavier here, but uh, yeah, big improvements from Brad Keller. And again, it actually like surprised me that he's 27. I would have thought he was 30, probably blind. Would have thought he came up at 24, 25 and he's now 30. So it's 27 in his prime. Makes you think it's less of like, just like veteran has randomly good season and more so guy in prime finds things to break out and becomes good pitcher. I'm and more not inclined to, to believe it's about like being tired of the status quo, needing, he realized the change, realizing he needed to change something physically went to driveline and then physically like changed two of his pitches. So it, this isn't <laughs> randomness. This is like actual intention. I think the, uh, the, he went to driveline is going to be the new, he went to Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's uh, the new best shape of his life. Uh, yes, exactly. He'll yeah, went to drive good. line. Uh, he's yeah, going to throw 105 this year now. The Royals have a new pitching coach, Brian Sweeney. And, uh, you know, the changes we saw with Bubich before he got hurt, yeah. Keller, Brady Singer, he got roughed up the other day. But like they've had real improvements in their starting pitching, which could be the beginning of uh, something interesting in Kansas City. But they still look pretty terrible. The bullpen remains awful. 
All right, final bets for the day. And as I mentioned off the top, we've got two double headers. So there are some games that are going, well, one game for sure. Detroit and Cleveland starts at one. Hunter Gaddis, Matthew Boyd, the pitching matchup at 110. So we'll mix that in here. Hopefully, if you're listening, you can uh, get a pick in before or, or get a play in beforehand. But just, Israel, I'll go, I'll go to you first on this. And I know you've got some other plays later in the day too, but just kind of, if you if you could work in some of your your thought process on how you look at the doubleheader uh, thing throughout the course of a season. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to the podcast, we should know the lineups for game one of Tigers, Guardians with Hunter Gaddis facing Matthew Boyd. Um, the Guardians we've talked about in the past, struggle versus lefties. They have improved that this season, but I just project Boyd is a significantly better pitcher than Gaddis. Gaddis is one of the lowest modeled starting pitchers that has taken the ball multiple times this season for any team. So the Tigers in the first five innings to about plus 105, plus 100 is a bet for me in game one. Typically, we do see startings is starting caliber players uh, sit in the afternoon game or these starting caliber catchers sit in the afternoon game, which lends itself to an under more so in those games. You also are more likely to get the bullpens involved or you, you have the the possibility that bullpens get involved in game one, leading to the key relievers being tired for game two. So that leads me to White Sox and Phillies, where I like the Phillies in the first five for game one to about minus 120. I think that's moved out of range. But for game two, I like both the White Sox first five and the over. Now, if I like the under, if I had a slight lean to the under in game two of a doubleheader, I'd probably lay off because you don't know necessarily which relievers are going to get used in game one which starters are going to miss game one, playing game two, et cetera. But if I see value on an over in game two, and as Anthony mentioned off air, JT Real Muto more likely to sit in game two than game one. So there's a chance that the Phillies pitchers may not benefit from his pitch framing, his defensive abilities in game two. But on top of that, the bullpen's more likely to get used up in game one as well. So slight value on the over, value on the over for me now at eight and a half minus 110. White Sox Phillies game two, but I also like the White Sox on the first five line there as well. Even though I'm not a fan of Lucas Giolito, the White Sox and their better split against lefties versus Bailey Falter. So the White Sox in game two on the first five line to minus 137 in addition to the over eight and a half. And then three other games on the board of bet the Marlins in both halves, first five and full game, about minus 107, first five, minus 110, full game. Edward Cabrera, one of these young pitchers who is in trouble for in deep trouble one inning of every start where he loads the bases and you're sweating out every pitch because he can't find the zone but when he does have his command for the remainder of those starts and generally when he's not facing the Mets he's a pretty good pitcher so Edward Cabrera first five full game the Royals first five full game Anthony and I mentioned and then lastly the Oakland A's at plus 160 they're an embarrassment probably the worst team in baseball but coming off of a blowout loss I think we're getting slight value on the A's here, plus 160. You can bet them down to about plus 155. Ken Wall, the Chaka pitcher, Anthony and I have liked in the past, maybe a bit lower on him now, but I just think where the the line is, the fact that the A's are trending so poorly, it's probably a team we're going to have to bet on more than we want to. Hopefully they find a hot streak and we make some money off them now. There there they are, the A's. They're the, this this year's... Uh... Uh, Pirates, maybe this year's Nats. Yeah, oh, big time! They're they are the they are the Diamondbacks of two years ago, the Pirates of last year. Very much, I would imagine the rest of the way, the A's are going to be the team who pops up most from a value standpoint because they have almost nothing to get excited about. 
I, I will say there's one thing that's very exciting right now about the Oakland A's. This is my campaign that I'm beginning. Asterio Ruiz has a 140 WRC plus. He's batting 321 with a 406 on base, and he's already stolen four bags. I mean, with every other American League rookie stumbling, it's a stereotype. time. I mean, come on. He's putting up elite numbers for a shit team. You got to feel bad he's, for him. Rookie he's going to get all the playing time. I mean, all the he's playing, playing every opportunities, day. everything. Yeah. So He's going to pop like five homers, and we're set. 17 games in, minus 72 run differential. They've lost five in a row. The Oakland yeah, is three, three and 14. All right, Tabunda, any a couple more you want to give up before we get out of here? And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on almost every bet that I have, but I did just add some Dodgers first five. Clayton Kershaw against Tyler McGill. Split advantage for both offenses. Dodgers better against righties. Mets uh, worse against lefties. Uh, McGill has really ridden some matchups with some bad offenses, the Marlins mostly, uh, and his stuff is way down from the McGill we saw last year. XCRA up, uh, so I'm concerned about McGill here. Love the Dodgers first five. Laying a little bit of juice, minus 160. Uh, hopefully Max Muncy can crank some more homers because he might officially be back. I lean that way as well. I have it at minus 170. I'm just uh, waiting to see if it goes down, but I might throw that in a parlay or something. I'm, I agree with that, Lee. Maybe and then, we'll... uh, it is Dinger Tuesday, so I have there some picks. Yep. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is plus 330 against the corpse of Chris Bassett. He's officially on Washed Watch. Uh, his stuff is way down. Vinny Pasquantino, we talked about the wind blowing out. We talked about Nate Uvalde's home run problem. Pasquantino's plus 550. Uh, I think that's just too high for a hitter as good as Vinny, who's got over a 900 OPS now. Glaber Torres plus 420 against Jose Suarez, lefty for the Angels. You're never going to get a good enough price, really, on Judge, uh, the big right, you know, the, the, the judges of the world. Uh, but I do like Glaber. Uh, and then some potential interesting long shots based on just improved barrel rates slash, uh, you know, hitting the ball in the air more. T. Brian Hayes has raised his launch angle from about 5.8 on average to about 14 degrees. That is a noticeable thing. He's lifting the ball more. That is usually a sign of power. We talked about the positive hitting environment. There's going to be a bunch of homers and cores. I don't hate a flyer on Brian Hayes uh, to potentially hit a homer. Ryan McMahon also good there. Improved his exit velocity this uh, offseason. He's been hitting better. Uh, so those are the potential cores flyers uh, if you're looking to get involved in that game. Yeah, Excellent. I like the lefties in the cores game just with the way the wind's blowing. It's It's 16 out to right field. Uh, so I'd target the lefty hitters, Sawinski, Chihuan Bay. Uh, you mentioned McMahon. Uh, yeah, I would definitely go with the lefties, the way the wind's blowing. Okay, we started the show talking Rockies over, and we closed the show with Rockies Pirates kind of over with home runs. That would What an help. exciting game. Come on, Zarello. Uh Pirates are hot. Pirates are a good story right now. Yes, they are. And a beautiful just, day. I just wish O'Neill wasn't hurt. Like, they'd be so much more exciting if O'Neill Cruz wasn't hurt because – they're legitimately not bad, and they're fun to watch. If you guys remember, though, they were the most popular win total over bet in the preseason. So anybody who bet that over off to a great start. And I'm curious what I missed about this Pirates team because I bet them throughout the year last year, and I didn't see the over coming into the year. But clearly, we bet on them. We've won money on a game-to-game -game basis. But All right, fellas. That's it. Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo. Find them in the Action Network app. If DeBundo has any more Dinger Tuesday plays, you can find them. Uh, but uh, check out the app for any late additions to the betting card for this Tuesday slate. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the season. Thanks for tuning in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. For Zarillo, DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, we'll talk to you all again on Friday. See you later. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.